Welcome to the John Papaloni Show. Today we have Michelle Vandepass. Michelle, welcome to the show. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Absolute pleasure to have you. Why don't we start off the podcast with a description of who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Okay. You want me to just dive right in? Absolutely. I'm a publisher, a book publisher. I publish books, but um, that these days that's a lot more than just what it sounds like. So I do a lot of coaching around how to write a book, what should go in your book, who should write a book, if you're using your book as part of your messaging or to build a business, and then of course publishing, marketing, audiobooks, and all things marketing that go along with promoting the book and selling the book. So um, I've been doing this 20, almost 26 years, and so a long time, and I've been doing coaching and marketing consulting for 40 years, my whole adult life basically. Wow, that's fantastic. Now, what made you get into this? Well, originally, um, like a lot of people get into marketing, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do and sort of fell into it because it was a little bit more creative and did marketing and sales and those kinds of things for a company. And then I was also always an entrepreneur. So I had a couple of side hustles way back in the day before they were called side hustles, right? And had a business and did things like had an office supply business and a couple other businesses. And then I just decided to focus on marketing full time. And that, of course, is, you know, when I wrote my first book, it was about how to use goldenrod paper. People don't even know what that is anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, it's evolved a lot. And my focus is really honing in on what's going to work for the individual rather than a big broad brush strategy. Makes sense. Now, the lens, the book landscape has changed quite a bit. Yeah. Now it's, um, yeah, like it's been weird because once upon a time, you know, the book came as in a physical object where you just turn the pages and you actually read. Um, you know, that still exists, right? <laughs> it's amazing, right? Like, like sometimes I wonder if people still know how to read. Right, right, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like I've asked people, hey, what are you reading? And they're like, and they tell me the book. I go, oh, I've read that book. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm halfway through the Audible. Right. I, I said, what did you read? Not what you listen. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, so yeah, but it's absolutely. amazing so i interrupted your train of thought oh, no 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 it's okay it was like uh i was just you know bringing up the point right like things have changed and i don't know if it's for the better or for the worse i mean i'm still a uh book in my hand uh kind of thing i've had one of those digital readers it didn't last very long and not because there's anything wrong with it it's just that i got accustomed to holding a book I like the right. little pictures that are in the book. I like the following it with the bookmarks and highlighting your notes. And you know what I mean? Like that, that's just me. And again, there's no wrong way to learn. Everyone has their own vision, their own thing. And it's like, I never thought of a book in terms of marketing. I always thought of, of a book in the terms of learning. Yeah. Now, I guess that's because I'm the uh, consumer when it comes right, to a book. Exactly. But, but how did you discover the book? How did that book fall into your hands? How did it come across your your screen or your Amazon feed or whatever, you know, that's, that's what I focus on and study pretty hard. Yeah, that, that is so true. And now today, a lot of people are using books in uh, lieu of business cards, which is incredible and smart, actually. Yeah, it works. Um, yeah, because you know what, in a way it gives a person instant credibility. Yeah, it does. It's, it's instant credibility. It sets yourself up as being an expert in your industry. So if we're just talking business, you know, there's a lot of different kinds of books and reasons to write a book, but let's just talk business for a minute. 
If you have a book and you say, I've written a book about marketing, I've written a book about podcasting, I've written a book about purpose, about weight loss, whatever it is, even if they never read the book, it gives you instant credibility that you must know what you're talking about. And, and it's true because it takes a lot of effort to actually organize your thoughts and put them into written form and to have a book. So it is true. If you've written a book, you do have some credibility and something to say. Yeah, absolutely. Now, from when you started and where things were before all this, like, and, and you saw the natural change in progression, like, did you, were you like open arms with the, with the, with the changes or like, like, was it like something that you found thrilling or something that you adapted to because you kind of had to? So when we're talking changes, I presume we're talking things like Amazon, digital books. Correct. Those are the changes we're talking about. Audio, yeah. Audio, even COVID brought a huge amount of change. You know, um, it's a great question. I've never really thought about it quite like that. I think for the most part, I embrace change and I look at it and I see, okay, what's new in the industry? What's exciting? What can I learn here? Um, having said that, it, it publishing can be kind of a slow industry to embrace new things. And so there's still a lot of publishers that, um, you know, almost everybody's on TikTok or have auto, Audible books these days, but there's some that are just slow to get all their books up on Audible. A lot of self-published people don't know how to do that, right? And so I help them do that. We have a whole Audible production studio. But I think for the most part, I embrace change because it gives me something new to learn and I'm, I'm a learner. Love that answer. So with that being said now, like, I mean, like you said, writing a book is no easy task. It's right. something that takes a lot of effort. And, you know, I, I think it usually ha has to have some sort of principle and, you know, purpose behind it. It's not just, well, I, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to have a, a purpose, but I mean, like people usually just don't wake up and decide I'm going to write a book because I want to, right? There's usually something that drives them. Now, with that being said, where I'm going is how does somebody, you know, go from that concept, like have that idea, you know, put it on the paper, get it edited, yep. get it into like Amazon or Indigo right. or Chapters or wherever right. and, uh, you know, become that bestseller. Yeah. So a lot of steps. I think we have something like 272 steps in our process, right? Wow. To, to, to go through that whole thing. But here's the short answer. Number one, because I heard you ask several different questions there. And the first thing is, if you have sort of an inkling that you think you want to write a book, or you're thinking that you have a business, or you're an expert in your field, we're talking nonfiction now. Fiction is a whole different discussion, right? We'll just stay with nonfiction for a minute. And then just start writing. Don't worry about all the end pieces. Just start writing because the process of writing will help you flush out what you really want to say, what you think you want to say. Don't write it for anybody else yet. Don't worry about who's going to read it yet. Just start exploring your own ideas and getting them on paper and spend a day, a week, a month just doing that, right? Once you get to that, then you hopefully partner with me or someone like me who takes you through the whole process so you don't have to figure it out. It's a little bit like if you're going to go build your own house, are you going to act as your own contractor or are you going to hire a contractor? And there's no right answer, but if you've never done it, being your own contractor the first time is a lot of steps between permits and subcontractors and drywall and unions and right plumbers and the whole thing. 
And so with a book publishing thing, you're right, you've got to hire editors, but people often hire the wrong editor at the wrong time. They'll hire a copy editor who goes through and corrects sentence structure, but then they'll realize they actually have to rewrite a whole chapter. You rewrite the chapter, and then you have to go rehire that copy editor to redo that work, right? So you want to make sure everything goes in the right order, the right editors at the right time, your book covers, you're testing book covers, you're testing some marketing material because it's a, it's a business when you're using it for your business. So the shorter answer is hopefully you partner with someone like me, but there's plenty of free tutorials about how to do it if you're a do-it-yourselfer kind of person and lots of people figure it out and upload it to Amazon. I will say though, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. Yeah, that is absolutely true. There is a lot of bad stuff out there. Like there's been things out there that you wonder how in the world did it get out there? Hey, you know what? And it's because <laughs> someone tried to skip steps or got the wrong editor or didn't know about testing book covers or any of those kinds of things. True. Not that I'm promoting people take shortcuts, but I mean, I, I say kudos to the person who at least tried. Yeah. Might've been a better attempt, but at least they tried. Right. It's better than the ones that go out and say, I'm going to do this. And then 30 years later, they haven't done anything. No, no. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> If it's your, if you want to write a book, write a book. If you put out a book and it didn't do anything, call me. I'll help you fix it. Yeah, it makes sense. Love that. Now, where does artificial intelligence fit in all this now? Yeah, so I don't know. I'm sure there are people out there who think they know, right? I will <laughs> say that um, we, we played with it because we have to. We have to learn. We have to see what's going on. It doesn't take the place of somebody's heart in the book. So it, it doesn't replace human creativity. It can't really, it can write for you, but you're going to have to go rewrite it. So it works really well for bullet points and ideas. So if you are a weight loss coach, you could say, what are the top 10 things that um, people struggle with weight loss? And they could give you some bullet points and some ideas to play with. You can train AI to think in your own voice and your own head a little bit, right? So it'll get more into your client avatar, but it does not take the place of heart and creativity and the human experience and what makes the book yours as opposed to just some AI written book. Having said that, Amazon now requires you to disclose if you've used AI in any way in your book. Interesting. The copyright office is on top of this and is not going to allow you to hold copyright for anything that you've used AI on. So we're a little bit of the Wild West here. Uh, there's going to be lawsuits. There's, there's going to be disruption. And I don't think we quite know how all that's going to work. So I say use it as a tool. Learn what you can. See if it elevates you, but do not let it try to replace you or replace your own creative inspiration yeah i love that and and that's the way i look at a book as well is like the whole purpose for me is that you're trying to get a message out right so where i view it with ai and this is my viewpoint um i'm not going to deny that it's not out there that people don't use it that it doesn't exist or it's just the wish that it'll never come true no it's here there's no denying that but there's one thing you can't take away from a person and that's that sense of creative creativity and that sense of uh, personal touch. Right. Like if you're writing a book that has to do with your viewpoint, no robot's going to know your viewpoint. So you can't be authentic when a robot write it, writes it. Right. Exactly. It's got to have you. It's got to have you in there. Yeah. So I, I get that. Now, a lot of times, again, I, I 
brought up, you know, I mentioned the whole word bestseller. And I think there's a very big misconception on what that means. And obviously, everybody wants to be known as a bestseller. So I'll, I'll get into the question of why later, but as much of maybe describe what is that qualification to be deemed as a bestselling book so or bestselling author? If you hit uh, top 10 in any category on Amazon, most people consider that bestseller. If you're talking about New York Times or Wall Street Journal, it's a slightly different benchmark. But let's talk about Amazon for a minute. Um, there's new release bestseller, there's category bestseller, there's um, genre bestseller, there's all kinds of niches that you can do. So, you know, the, the truth of it is, it's not difficult to hit bestseller if you really understand your niche and you work with someone to help you nail down that marketing. The, the good and the bad news is it doesn't take a lot of book sales always to hit bestseller status. To hit number one sometimes can be tricky. It's most people get there. It's pretty easy to hit top 10. And then you can say you hit bestseller status. You're not allowed to use screenshots though. You're not allowed to use the Amazon logo in any of your marketing. You have to be really careful. Amazon uh, is very, very protective of their trademark and their logo. So you have to be really careful on social. But it's great to be able to say, hey, I hit bestseller status on Amazon. And when you work with somebody who understands the algorithms, it's not that difficult as long as you have a decent book, right? Content matters, book cover matters, synopsis matters, um, and then it's partly algorithm and SEO. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, because I... I, I... I grew up with people who are fixated with that. And I'm not going to lie. I'm one of those guys. I thought if you're a bestseller, that means you outsold everybody. Like you're, you're, it's like everybody's hitting a new record. And all of a sudden, everybody's a bestseller. And I'm going, that sounds like the real estate business. Everyone's number one. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's like if everyone's number one, who's number two? Like, who lost? <laughs> it's like, it just, it was weird. Like, I never understood it. Then I got the understanding of it. But that's why I asked you because I thought it'd be best to, uh, you know, define that. Yeah. And so now with that being said, like if you're writing a book and you're using it so-called as a business card, as I will call it, and uh, something that you want to use it as a promo tool, people still want to hit that best-selling of status. Of course, everybody wants it because it's fun. It's good for your ego. It's something to be proud of. Uh, you can use it in your marketing as long as you're careful about how. Of course, right? Like we all want it. Yeah. Um, is it a long lasting thing that's going to change your life forever? Probably not, right? It does give you a bump in sales. It does have you show up on the Amazon algorithms. There's lots of great reasons, but nothing replaces the fact that a week, a month, a year from now, you still want to promote your book. You still want to give it away, regardless of your bestseller status. You still want to be out there using your book to help you get new clients, build credibility, show your expertise out in the world. 100%. Now, which brings up the next uh, point, which is that with many businesses, you know, somebody says, oh, that's a $5 million business. As an example, everyone thinks that person makes $5 million as if they don't have any expenses or fees or any uh, taxes to pay or anything. They think that literally they got the $5 million and stuffed it in their pocket. Now, my question is, you know, let's say the average book is 20 bucks, we'll say. Perfect example. Yeah. And how much of that would go to the um, artist, as I'll call it, or the yeah. author? Uh, how much of it will go to the publisher? How much of it will, I mean, will go to the editor? Like, yeah. break down the expenses and how that, what that looks like. Uh, so it's a little bit different from 
like Amazon to Barnes and Noble and other distributors. So we're going to make it really easy. Perfect. 20 bucks retail price. Let's just pretend by the time it's said and done, print costs, distribution costs, 50% gone. Just expenses gone. Don't worry about it. So that leaves 10 bucks that you're going to split with salesperson, publisher, any royalties you might have to pay out to an illustrator, whatever, right? So out of that 10 bucks, depending on your agreement with your publisher, you may get between about one and six dollars usually depending on the agreement all right so okay yeah so that breaks it down and i'm yeah okay that's awesome that's awesome now having said that let me add one thing to that you you can also give away books right which will bring in business if you're in kindle unlimited you're not giving away your book but you get paid on page reads which is a whole different piece right so there's some there's some caveats and all of that i was just doing real simple math there and people say oh my gosh but then if it costs me five or ten or twenty thousand to publish a book depending on how many books you're going to buy and all this marketing and all this stuff how am i going to get that back well because i'm reading the elephant in the room that's what people ask you're going to get that back because you're going to get a client or you're going to get a speaking gig or you're going to get known in the industry or you're going to get invited on podcasts so it's investment in your business, your foundation, your expertise, as well as in the book. Absolutely. Now that's another myth. That's exactly yeah. the point, right? Like it's most times when you initially start, you're not writing the book because you're going to think that your first book you've ever written is going to have that 20 million sales and you're just going to sit there and rake it in. Yeah, it doesn't work wish. that way. Yeah, exactly. And there has to be upfront, you know, investments here right like when you have a business and you do marketing and you and you promote your flyers those flyers cost money nobody turns around and says hmm how do i get my money back from my flyers right, right? it's 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 part of the investment right like it's part of the bigger picture and yeah and i believe that you have to uh, have big thinking to realize that if you're if you're worried about i, I mean i'm gonna just say it i i believe if somebody's worried about the initial investment then they should just not eat not do it and if they're that worried about every nickel and dime maybe it may be too soon to go out and venture on their own and maybe they should be working for someone yeah yeah or just start with a different a different model absolutely exactly awesome so again we've established that you're using the book to build up a brand to build up authority we're looking to promote the business and again now that that's the non-fiction side right right so now what's the benefit of writing a fiction novel fiction sells well fan fiction sells even better um genre fiction serialized fiction or fiction like trilogy or series books like i forgot who it was sue grafton i think who wrote the a to z series and other people who wrote written long series right those sell well and fiction still sells very very well people like reading fiction you got to be a pretty good writer and people think oh i'm gonna you know i'm gonna jump on this bandwagon yeah you can you got to be a pretty good writer you got to engage the reader you got to have a storyline story arc understand how to develop your characters understand how to kind of close the hook, but keep them ready for the next book, right? And so there's a lot to learn about writing. And so what I always uh, tell people who um, want to write fiction, 
Number one, it's got to be in your heart. That's got to be something that you just really want to do, right? Nobody goes into that for to make a lot of money, right? They can do other things. You have to want to be a writer. You have to have a calling to be a writer. You have to be interested in learning how to become a better writer. I always say, write your first three books and then and learn and learn everything you can learn and then go write your next series. And that's the one that'll probably make money. Makes total sense. I'm going to ask, I don't know, this may not be unique, but um, before COVID, before we had a shutdown, like book tours where where you got to meet the author was very popular. Now, clearly when we have a pandemic and the world shuts down, I can't see that happening. Right, right. And I have not really come back. That was going to be my question. Yeah. Uh, Not really. So what happens now is if you're an author and you want to do a book tour, what I recommend is we um, figure out where you have friends across the country and and set a schedule to go visit each one of those friends and connect with the bookstores in those towns and ask them to host a book signing for you, right? Gone are the days. Not so easy anymore to get like a national book signing or have a book Uh, bookstore uh, pick you up and want to have you in 10 locations it's not so easy anymore I mean we published some some fairly well-known authors and even in Colorado they have to like pound the pavement to to go get seen and heard in bookstores and I'm talking about people are very well known and so it's it's possible it's easy to get in one or two bookstores it's not so easy to get a tour lined up but we help with that and we we help you with coaching how to do it but the author has to do some of that work as well as the publisher see i find that fascinating right like i understand why when everything's closing and open close open close open close i get why there may be no enthusiasm to do it or like or for people to even show up for it but we've had you know quite a good run of somewhat normal again yeah somewhat yeah now i i don't understand why it wouldn't come back like it's not anything to do with covid anymore no it has it has to do with the same reason why not every corporation is choosing to have people come back into the workspace i mean you save so much money not having to buy desks and computers and pay for light and toilet paper for all your workers, right? You just have a conference room and have people come in and do shared meetings once a week or whatever. So it's it's a little bit the same with the bookstores. They're just picking and choosing who they think is going to be really profitable for them. And there's so many authors wanting to do bookstores, they get to do cream of the crop and they get to pick and choose. And they're just not always as willing to take a risk on a first time author anymore. Smaller bookstores will. And and the chain will if you live there or if you contact them. It just takes a little more legwork. Got it. So, okay, I get it now. I get it. So it's not that the consumers won't go. It's that the uh, stores itself does not want to do it or not as often. They're picking and choosing. Yes. You're cherry picking now. Yeah. Got it. Got it. That makes sense now. So I I suppose you're right. There is going to be a uh, cost associated with it, right? There's going to be promo in it. There's going to be, you know, I mean, there's going to be traffic and there's going to be a lot of people. You know what? They'll they'll make more sales if they have the right person there. Right. There's going to also be a lot of people that are going to occupy the store, getting the customer's way and they're not buying anything. So yeah, they just pick and choose. They cherry pick. Got it. Got it. Got it. That makes total sense. Sense. I mean, not sense. And if you're talking about a book to build your business, that's not not necessarily the one the big chains want to have in for book signing unless you've got 200 people lining up to buy your book they want the the hot 
fiction author that Saturday morning, it is going to bring in 200 people because you're the hottest fiction author, right? So it's a little bit genre related as well. Absolutely. Makes total sense. Now, writing a book and getting, going through the process, I believe that you have to have a certain um, mindset while you're doing this, right? Like it's, it, it's, it, I think it's kind of like entrepreneurship, right? Because you have that, the highs and lows and you know, your mind's got to be there. And I mean, we've all heard of people use the word writer's block. So I'm sure there's times where you write and you're hot, everything's going. Then all of a sudden you just sit there and stare at the screen and go, mm, and then. <laughs> Even the best writers. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So can you describe what that kind of mindset is or what kind of mind frame you have to be in? And, you know, like, does is it something that you sit down and write the book all at once or is it done over a period of time on and off? Like, give me the general gist of it. So just like people, there's a lot of right ways to get a book done. Some people need structure, sit down, they write every morning, 15 minutes, an hour. Other people are like, I need to go away on retreat, lock the door, not talk to anybody for a week and I'll get my book written. Both of those approaches work. The mindset though is twofold. Number one, you're in it, you're going to do it, and you're going to get the book written and you got to get words on paper and not worry about how good or bad they are. You just got to get your thoughts out, write them down. And then the second piece is when you have something like writer's block or you're not feeling inspired, that's a really great time to go take a walk, get in the shower, do some yoga, do some breathing, uh, go cook a meal, do something else, and then go back to it. Because what happens is we get in our monkey brain and it just goes round and round and we self-sabotage even more. And that's not helpful. If you're Stephen King, he talks about how he works through writer's block and he just sits there and he makes himself work through it. Most of us are not at that place. Most of us will just get frustrated because we don't yet have the experience that we can work through it. We don't yet have an a book to say, I know how to do this. We don't yet have all the positive yeses in our head. So for mindset, I'd say, take a break. Don't beat yourself up. Come back and write about something else. Write about the love of your life. Write about a time you were bullied. Write about your house. Write about the flower you see out your window. Just write about anything and just get that creative juice going again. Fantastic. Great advice. Now, with you being a publisher, I'm willing to gamble that uh, you've written a book or two yourself. I have. I've written five books. Um, nothing recent. I'm working on a book right now about purpose and uh, publishing. But um, I have written some books. They've all been bestsellers, of course. Of course. Yeah. One on marketing, one on family, one on purpose, or a couple on marketing. Yeah. One on Amazon and how to beat the Amazon algorithm. That's a little outdated. They're all a little outdated now. Ah, but still you've done it. And I've done it. Yeah. How did you get inspired on those topics? Like, I'm sure you just didn't wake up and say, I need to write a book and I don't know what to write about it. Ah, I read the word marketing. So let me write about that. <laughs> I'm sure there was a, yeah, I mean, a process. I my first book was I was definitely inspired to write a book about marketing. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to share my knowledge with the world. I've been doing it a long time, marketing a long time. And I just, I wanted to write a book. And so I did, right? And so it was 
sort of inspiration and I was doing marketing and then you know each book kind of came in that way like I think I want to so like right now I'm like I'm I'm gonna write my next book but I'm sl I'm I'm a long time thinker and slow to start and then once I start I just go got it but I've been thinking about it for a few years taking some notes gathering inspiration and my goal is to dig in over the holidays here at the end of this year Oh, so I sense that you're planning to uh, release next year. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a year. That'll be exciting. Definitely exciting. I think I'm going to keep an eye out on that one because it yeah. sounds interesting. Yeah, good. Fantastic. Now, what would you say to any aspiring entrepreneur or aspiring author that is feeling stuck and not sure where to start or if they should start or, you know, whatever. They're just having that brain fog, as we'll call it. And they're uh, maybe it's because they're scared. Right. So they're just looking that little tip that uh, can help them boost up their uh, morale. What would you say to them? I would say that um, you're not expected to do this alone. You're not expected to just all of a sudden understand how to get all that stuff in your head into a book, right? Because we all think we're supposed to know it, especially as entrepreneurs. We're supposed to figure it out. We're supposed to know it. We're supposed to have the answers. And it just doesn't work that way. I would say just start with three things that you want to tell your reader and just start with that. That's your outline, those three points. So for me, it would be like if you have a nudge to write a book, write a book. If uh, you're not sure what to write about, just start writing. And the third thing I would say is write without expectation at the beginning, right? So whatever your message is, choose your three things and just start writing on those three things and just start. Um, you know, I have a whole book course, how to outline your book and all those kinds of things that, you know, people can get from me. But really, it, it is about just sitting down and jotting down some notes and starting at the beginning. Great message. Love that message. All right. I'm going to come down to two more questions before I go into what I call the lightning round. Uh -oh. the light, yeah. The lightning round is just a few personal questions about you or it's about your personal likes and stuff. All right. So the second last question is going to be, how do you know you've had a successful day? Oh, wow. That's not a personal question. So <laughs> I think I, you know, I think these days kind of getting out of bed and doing what you love to do, it means a successful day. It's been a rough few years for everybody. And the older I get, the more in gratitude I am about just being able to get out of the, out of bed and living my day. Right. And that's a successful day. I try to help people every day. I try to connect with my authors every day. And so usually there's some other inspiration that's happened as well. And I call that a success. Great answer. All right. Last but not least before the lightning round is for anyone who's watched this or listened to it and wants to find you online or whichever and wants to reach out to you, where would they go? Michellecoaches.com. That's the fastest website, Michelle with two L's, michellecoaches.com. That'll take you to my publishing website, different ways to connect with me, show you um, how to buy one of my courses or just get on a call with me and find out what I think about your book idea, uh, michellecoaches.com. Fantastic. All right, let's get into the lightning round with question number one. What is your favorite food and why? Um, I like salads because I like crunchy. Oh, good answer. I like salads too. I usually like adding chicken to mine, but salads are good. Yeah. Awesome. Favorite travel destination? Beach. It's got to be the beach. Um, I go to Mexico quite a bit because I'm in Colorado and that's kind of our, our spot. Lots of direct 
flights, so I go to Mexico, but I've been to the beach, all kinds of places all over the world, India, Italy. I love the beach. Wonderful. All right. Favorite book or podcast? Uh, besides yours, of course. Of course. Um, uh, I like NPR podcasts. I like Guy Raz right now. I'm listening to a lot of Guy Raz. It's How I Built This, and he interviews founders of big, big companies and how they how they built their companies. Love that. I happen to uh, listen to that podcast as well. Awesome. Last but not least, if you were given unlimited amount of money, but only 48 hours to spend it, what you spend, you get to keep. What you don't spend gets taken away. What would you do? Well, besides paying off all my family's houses and, you know, kind of taking care of family, and you can do that in like, you know, an hour, right? Yeah. I would, so <clears throat> I would probably after I did that, focus on our local homeless mission here, mostly because I know they do a lot with women and children homelessness. And so if I had more time to research, I might really find places to do uh, children on the streets. But I know in that short amount of time, I could go give them money and they'd get it to the right places. Wonderful. What a great answer. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. This is great. Thank you. I had a blast. If you like what you saw and you want to see some more, subscribe to the link below. Thanks for tuning in to the John Papaloni Show.